the USL show, also known as The View for Soccer. I gave a very pro wrestling heel turn, I'm sorry you were offended apology. The US military discussing what a Naruto run is for the Area 51 raid. I feel angry. to the usl show it's phil here and we got uh two of our soccer friends with us here alan underwood is here and so is ryan allen out in wilmington let's start with you ryan how you doing man i'm doing well tonight i know evan couldn't be on the pod tonight but i at least wanted to express my gratitude for him presenting a uh, retro wilmington hammerheads kit that was worn in a match played against sunderland that was a fantastic find it's number seven and I'm still trying to figure out who actually wore that during that match. But I know uh, journeyman English striker Glenn Murray played in that fixture. And he he played the position of around a number seven at the time. So I'm curious if that was actually his kit. But I'm doing okay tonight. How are you tonight, Phil? Good, man. What a great find from Evan. That is so freaking cool that he found that. And I think he shipped it over from England. So yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I have it currently up in my new place. I actually, uh, uh, next to the stairwell that I have, uh, I've lined all five hammerhead kits that I own on that stairwell, and I'm trying to put the uh, uh, Port City Farm scarves, the Wilmington hammerhead scarves, and a few other flags and stuff on the wall to make it like a truly like hammerhead's uh, wall of fame walking up to the bedroom. I'll have to share a photo online. I'm sure it'll be great to have seen. Please do. Yeah, I want to see it online for sure. Uh, but speaking of world soccer meets USL soccer, uh, you're rocking the Club World Cup champion, Bayern Munich, right now, Jersey. Yeah, uh, they had a, a great victory over uh, Tigres in the Club World Cup final earlier today, 1-0. But honestly, Tigres put on a very great show for CONCACAF, and you know, all of us here in the Confederation were rooting for them to just kind of show the region that, oh, come on. And it's good for the region if they went, Alan. <laughs> we got to bring Alan. I'm sorry, Alan. It is weird not being introduced and talking, but I've, I've just grown to start doing it. Alan, is uh, you're the one that actually, you almost won a jersey, I think, this week for saying uh, that Corey Herzog scored yeah. his first goal with Wilmington. Yeah. Heads, right? I see. I second guessed myself and I lost that on a kit. I like found, I was like, no, I know what it is. I was like, wait, but he played for Reading. Was that an USL? And I started second guessing. I was like, nope, I'm just going to go with it. Hammerheads or uh, Orlando city. And I missed it by like 30 seconds. But like I said, if loyal gear ends up across the United States, I can't complain. Yeah, for Um, real. No. Yeah, I was rooting against Tigres, but that's my own personal thing. Like, I just, I didn't like the way they treated Veracruz in their their attempt to uh, get paid when they refused to play, and then they scored, like, three goals on them. Uh, But, no, I'm doing all right. I'm wrapping my uh, For the Culture and Two Cents FC uh, to celebrate uh, some of the the black voices in uh, lower league soccer and soccer in general. So that's who I'm repping tonight. Um, and give them a listen. They've been doing a lot of really cool work lately, uh, putting out a lot of really good content. Um, I know that's cross, you know, that's driving some people away, but we're all about lifting each other up. So yeah, that's, I'm repping that today. Help support them. And uh, 
yeah, go check them out. Good dudes. Definitely. That's something we got to focus more on. And I know we will take the time for that sort of thing in the near future. Cause we got what black players Alliance and uh, a whole bunch of other things. One thing I'm going to mention tonight later, actually uh, being the USL impact committee is something we need to talk about a lot too. So, uh, but a lot to get to and not a lot of time. We're going to kind of lightly hit several topics tonight and uh, move on. So sorry if it's not too in depth, uh, but we're on a bit of a, a schedule tonight. Let's jump right in. Ryan, why don't you get us started with Wilmer Cabrera back over at RGV, Rio Grande Valley. So after a short stint in MLS, Wilmer Cabrera has rejoined the uh, uh, Rio Grande Valley Toros FC he, as their head coach for this upcoming season. I'm curious to see how he'll do with the side because I believe this is, will be their first season without uh, the direct partnership with the Houston Dino that they've gone at least mostly independent at this point. So I'll be curious how uh, just kind of the, how he will integrate back into the squad going forward and how the team will perform this season. Absolutely. Yeah, they are. Um, their front office is now independent as far as player acquisition and things like that. There is still a, um, what do you call it? they're still working together to some extent. So it's not going to go away totally, but I think they could play in the open cup. Uh, not this year, but maybe following years. Uh, we can talk about that today. Actually, we got to throw that in. I almost forgot. Go ahead. Ryan. You had something? For the open cup and future seasons going forward. Yeah. Um, I'm pulling up the transfer tracker right now, Alan. I know there's one player we were talking about ahead of time that you had a little bit of information on Nikki Jackson coming on as a forward for loyal. They basically were like, yeah, he's fast and he's just as strong as he is fast on his Twitter announcement today. Yeah, I think it, uh, it answers one of the questions of who is getting fed in the box. If you look at some of San Diego's mid season form, uh, they had a lot of good op- like opportunities putting the ball in the box, but didn't really have a target guy that was really good in the air uh, to be able to accept those crosses. And, I mean, if you just look at his highlight reel, it's like header after header of just him being super brave and aggressive. Um, and he's good with his feet and he's quick. And that means probably uh, a, a good number of goals. Um he was announced today to some fanfare, but again, like with USL, it's a lot of, okay, who? And then a lot of Googling <laughs> and a lot of asking people who've seen him uh, in previous years. Um, so I know that loyal fans are pretty excited. I think they're excited about anything now that they have a goalkeeper um, with Trey Muse coming in on loan. Um, that was a bit, another big question mark, but uh, a yeah. lot of positive news out of San Diego. Um, and I know El Paso had like a, a laundry list of folks uh, uh, coming back and coming as well. So that's a team to keep an eye on in the West who's been relatively quiet. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to see what El Paso brings uh, to the mix, especially after Colorado Springs threw, threw down this offseason. Absolutely. I mean, that's a team that's always a lot of fun. And so um, it's interesting. They have been so quiet, but they every year they keep losing good players. Um, and so, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they reload. Uh, I do want to look at Josh Gatt to a Bob Lilly team. That's like a huge name to go to a Bob Lilly team. And I find it very, very interesting. Ryan, did you see that today? I don't want to throw you on the spot. I'm sorry, but did you see that? I feel like it's interest- interesting that he's going there. Yeah, I did see that signing today. And that's a very interesting signing for a Bob Lilly uh, Pittsburgh team <laughs> to pick up here in this offseason. But uh, yeah, I think that he could potentially really work well within that system. 
I'm I had to look up where he came from. So it's I'm sorry Evan isn't here, but uh, last he played was at Dundalk FC in Ireland. Um, oh, Evan would have loved that. Yeah, I know. So we'll have to bring that one back up to talk about with him. But you know, he's a speedster. He's uh, someone that men's national team thought was going to be someone to save us in in the bad generation there and um injury problems i know that was a big problem for him so it's interesting to see uh what he can do uh as as far as staying healthy i think if he gets on this bob lily team and he's a speedster on the wing which is how he is being projected right now by different people i've seen online uh he will be very good for that team i'm sure uh let's just hope he can stay uh, healthy. I don't know if that's still a problem or not, though. So maybe he's fine now. Maybe he's been fine for a while. Um, Indy 11, wanted to bring them up. They've been uh, finally making some announcements. Uh, Abubakar Sissoko coming over is kind of a, a big name. Or no, he's not a big name, rather. He's coming from Halifax Wanderers or HFX Wanderers in uh, Canadian Premier League. So he's a midfielder. I'm interested to see how that goes. Gordon Wild, an MLS player, a German um, is coming over to that team. So um, reloading some players, no Carlton sightings yet. Uh, so that's something Twitter doesn't have to freak out about right this second. But they are returning a lot of guys. I know Josh Penn was in the draft. He's listed as being on their team still. So uh, I'm wondering how that's going to happen, whether he goes to, I forgot who drafted him, but Josh Penn, uh, a local Indiana guy, um, good forward, played some uh, wing back for them, uh, did some good work for him, trialed in uh, England or in Europe rather, played a little college ball and now is back, um, I think, to play, to play professionally in MLS or USL. We'll see how that goes. Any other player signings you guys want to mention? I mean, New Mexico United broke the internet allegedly with Brian Brown. Um, uh, yeah. The, the most overhyped resign or signing in USL this, this off season, like no shade, but (laughs) I find it very interesting. So our guy, David Carl is the uh, communications guy over there now. And I, first of all, I didn't even know he got the job. You know, he's been a a co-host on the show, very short lived, but um, you know, president of the curse over there, uh, the supporter group for New Mexico United and uh, boy, he hyped this one. It's it's weird to me because I thought a lot about this. It's, it, they got torn apart for overhyping Brian Brown, and I do think they did. But it's like a weird thing in communications where you want to hype every guy, you know. But then if it catches too much momentum, you get this reaction. I thought it was kind of weird and crazy. I just thought it was funny. Like I, I don't fault them for hyping players, and yeah. I, I don't fault them for doing anything like that and nothing like i said no shade toward new mexico i just thought it was funny that that's the reaction was okay well all right like he's good yep yeah, right cool we'll see how he works out i think like, i, I think think anyone shade... was, oh, outside of phoenix i don't think anyone was mad like <laughs> phoenix fans are like Ugh. but i think most people were like all right that's that's fine on to the next let's let's, let's yeah on to the next signing I've been killed do well for them. It's a really good spot for him to land, and he's a good player for that kind of team. Coming from Reno, I mean, it's like a, you know, a similar style team in, in some ways in my mind. But uh, um, you know, I think we should throw shade. It was it called for a little bit of shade. <laughs> They'll be fine. They'll live. Um, but it was yeah, worthwhile. You broke, you broke some news too, and I want to. I don't know if we've talked about this before yet about uh, the Oakland Roots and Wall Fall. 
That's right. Gosh, how do I forget that? It's the problem is we haven't had a show in a couple weeks. It feels like we already talked about it. Uh, but yeah, Wallfall going to the Roots. The Roots have been signing. You know, they started pretty light. You know, they signed guys from Nisa. I was starting to worry because then they didn't sign anyone else. But then they got. Uh, I'm scrolling down to their team because I'm gonna mess up the names. You guys know me. Here we go. Um, where did they sign? They were only signing Roots guys until Tarek Morad came along, and we were like, okay, that's a smart signing. Uh, they've gotten a few other guys like Memo Diaz, uh, Jesus, uh, where is he? Enriquez, uh, which I guess I found out you only call him Jesus if you're mad at him, is what Carson said. You call him Chewy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, Wallfall being there is like, that's a he's a game changer. When he's on the field, the t- every team he plays for looks totally different than when he's not on the field, and he's perfect for them. Um, I also liked Akeem Ward going over there. So they're getting a few USL uh, veterans in the team for sure any other signings you guys can think of i mean maybe not sporting kansas city too i thought that was interesting i'm sure he's looking for mls yeah definitely and and i guess from here on out the only uh teams we're really looking at now is just kind of like what is memphis going to do or what's the las vegas lights going Mm. to do kind of going forward for this season because they're still slated to, to start and play in 2021 in USL championships. So now we're and just kind of just waiting to see what they're going to do. I mean, looking at the transfer tracker, Memphis has two players that they had exercised their contracts for this season. And that's a bit of a concern. I mean, you can't play a team with two players and, if we're trying to start start the season upcoming in April, there's really not going to be much of a preseason to begin with for either of these teams. Maybe they've been playing too many. They've been playing too much Volta where they only think they need like three or four guys. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Um, I'm sorry if we're missing anybody, but uh, we're going to stick with those guys for now. You guys know us. We, we always miss a few guys anyway, but um, if you, there's a guy you guys want to hear about, uh, definitely mention him to us and we'll try to bring him up in the next show. Um, should we get to stadiums? There's a bunch of stadiums before we hit the, the big news we want to talk about. No, let's talk about the open cup. Ryan, I feel like you probably know the details a little better than me. If you want to get us started. Of course. So uh, United States Soccer Federation announced today that the Open Cup this upcoming season will be contested of 24 teams. Eight will be from MLS entering in in the round of 16. Eight will be from USL Championship. You'll have four from uh, Division Three, which will be two from USL League One and two from NISA. And then four open qualifiers from the likes of NPSL, USL Two, and any other uh, open qualifier beyond that level. Um, it's not the Open Cup that we're, we all would have hoped for it to have been with everyone uh who are is eligible to play for would be playing for it. Um, I'm happy that it's back for or just to have the tournament back. But yeah, it's it's not the Open Cup we're looking for. I'll be curious what eight teams they'll end up selecting for the Open Cup from USL Championship. If you go based off of uh, just the teams that they had in the quarterfinals, I think the only two that would be left out would be uh, Reno and St. Louis because they're no longer 
with us, unfortunately. But uh, you could have the likes of New Mexico, Phoenix, Tampa Bay in the tournament. So it would still be a lot of really quality USL teams entering. Absolutely. Uh, what do you think, Alan? Uh, personally, I'm pretty bummed because uh, it probably means that some of the newer teams, like the team that I support, uh, isn't going to get a look. Um, and I know that Open Cup was something that they put on the radar, something that they definitely wanted to compete in. Um, I do appreciate that the tournament is coming back and they're trying to do it in a way that is manageable. Uh, obviously, player safety and um, and looking after the type of the amount of games players would have to play. Uh, if they did a full open cup, might be unmanageable uh, with a really long off season. Um, but to call it an open cup and then restrict access is a little bit of a bummer. Um, it's like I put in the chat the not so open cup. Yeah. Um, but if it means that we can work our way back to it, sure. Um, I just know that there's going to be some fan bases that are going to be disappointed when they don't get chosen to play, um, especially some of the lower league, um, the you know third tier, four tier teams that. You know, can put on a pretty good run and get it some uh, a decent chunk of change. You know, like Orange County, not Orange County Soccer Club, but Orange County Football Club made a decent run the last time they played, and they were able to get you know some dollars into their pockets uh, that they might not be able to get uh, because they weren't you know looked at as one of the bigger uh, teams out of their division. So I mean, it's fine. I mean. I think that's where it is right now. It's fine. And everything's going to be fine for a year. And the fact that we have it is fine. Uh, and then we just got to make sure we get back to, you know, actual real open cup and re I think maybe we can take this time to reimagine. Oh yeah. God, I hope so. Every year there's improvements that we ask for. Um, we've done, we've talked about those a million times, but, um, but yeah, to go back to like, first of all, I'm glad it's happening. I'm glad we have it. So none of these are complaints. I, I just want to say that some things that are unfortunate about us having this open cup are that the whole cool thing about an open cup is that it's everybody and it's open, like you said, Alan. And there's something weird that happens where the best teams in the league, the lower leagues, don't always do the best job. It's like Tigres today having to bunker to some extent against Bayern. Like, that team's not used to playing like that, but there's something about St. Louis FC or Louisville or like even Pittsburgh who hasn't had a good history, but like these teams who know how to sit back and counter against teams that are better than them in some ways, they're the teams that do well in open cup that like are, are giant killers. Right. So like, it's weird that unfortunately we're picking the best eight in the USL and, and that makes sense. If you got to pick eight, why not pick the, the ones that played the best in their league? Um, but you know, we are going to miss out a little bit on that whole, like the best giant killers sometimes are the ones that, that know how to counterattack and sit back and that kind of thing. Not the ones who have to break down defenses week after week after week, like Phoenix or something like that. And if I you look historically, it, New Mexico and, New Mexico and St. Louis, the year that they both made good runs, wouldn't have made this version of the Open Cup. Yeah, um, good point. So it's just something to... But, I mean, if you're only going 24, maybe a, a Phoenix or a Louisville or a Pittsburgh have a really good chance of making it and, and doing making a good run and, and giving it a good go. Yeah, if you're going to look at the positives from this kind of abbreviated tournament is that the winner of it still gets a berth into the 2022 CONCACAF Champions yeah. League that, that was not taken away from 
the tournament. And all a USL team has to do, you know, basically anyone outside of MLS, they just have to win five games <laughs> and they would be Open Cup champions with a CONCACAF Champions League berth. I honestly think if a team is going to win, if a lower division team is going to win the Open Cup this year, or it's going to win the Open Cup, this is going to be the best year it will possibly happen. It won't get any easier or more straightforward for a lower division team than this year. Especially if you look at like an MLS might be more protective of their players. Yeah. Or a USL team at the beginning of their season might just might just go for it. Like, what do you have to lose? It's early in the season for USL. Like, just try, just go go all out, build your season around an open cup run, and then you know, with the, the two divisions versus the four, you have a better chance of sneaking into a playoff spot uh, if you drop some games early in the league because you're focusing on the open cup. And then this might get some younger players, some bench guys, some rotation guys early on in the season where they might not normally get that playing time. So there might be some positives to pull from from some USL teams. So I can see a team going all out for it because it's to the um, the rumored start of USL. <laughs> and even more so, uh, MLS has made it a goal this season to minimize the amount of games that a team would have to play in the year beyond what was necessary. So the league and then any external tournament. So we've already decided that the four teams that are going to be in the CONCACAF Champions League this season from MLS. So you have your likes of Columbus, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Portland. They're all going to be off in Champions League. But then you also have the League's Cup that they're planning on doing. Mm. So what I'm trying to get at is we may not even see the top MLS teams competing for the Open Cup this year. Or if you were to offer a team an MLS side, Champions League or the Open Cup, most of them would probably take Champions League or playing that kind of higher quality opponent, not as a knock on, on every, the right, uh, not as a knock on the rest of us, but most of them would take the chance at Champions League or the League's Cup over the Open Cup. But so we may not even see the top MLS teams joining this tournament. It may be your Austin FC, your Cincinnati. Your teams like that joining the Open Cup this year. Absolutely true. And we got to fit this in while we can, too, because this is something that's going to come up every year. There's a Champions League, uh, which is every year, that the USL doesn't get a voice in the Champions League unless they win the Open Cup. And we had a change of the format uh, for the Champions League, CONCACAF Champions League we're talking about. And people got worked up, and I think people are expecting perhaps someday USL Championship will uh, get their own personal berth. And the argument for that is because CPL gets a berth. And let's it's pretty clear that no CPL team is going to be as good as most USL championship teams on most days. Um, you know, there's given there's, that's not a given, but let's just say it's probably true. Um, but since they're the official top quote, top tier in Canada, um, I think it is fair to give them that birth. Uh, but I think something strong that you could say, one could say that USL is probably, I'm going to say, I think it is the, third best league on the continent if you include Central America and the Caribbean. That could be argued. That's not necessarily true. Saprisa is very good. There are several good teams in Costa Rica. But as a whole, as far as you 
uh, facilities, league structure, USL championship. If it's not there, it's getting there. And maybe it could be easy to say that in five or 10 years on this, on this projection, uh, that that could be true if it's not already. I don't know what you guys think about that. You're both like shaking your heads. Maybe. I don't know. I guess maybe is that, is that too strong? Because I'm very happy with that answer as well. I mean, it's really hard to compare without there ever being any head to head matchups. And I think that's what USL fans want. It's like, they want to know where USL is in the grand scheme of things. And I don't think anyone really knows for sure. Like, where you fit, like we can have those philosophical debates about, you know, but it's all speculative until we start getting some head-to-head matchups. I mean, you look at Trinidad versus U.S. men's national team, it's essentially MLS players versus uh, a lot of USL players. And I mean, it's really high quality MLS players, but until we get a chance to have a USL team compete at that level, we will never know exactly where USL is. Because um, even in friendlies, it's like, oh, it's a friendly. It's not. Yep. It's not real. But I, I think that's what USL wants is like we need a measuring stick to show either how good or how much more improvement USL needs to be in that conversation. Until that happens, it's really hard to to speculate. I mean, even up to this point, we still need a measuring stick for how uh, well MLS measures up to these teams, and I think that should. Uh, that might even be a, a more pressing priority for this country. You know, if, uh, we need MLS to win a CONCACAF Champions League before first just to kind of prove that we still belong. Because at this point, I still feel like we MLS needs to finally get just kind of over that hill, finally win a Champions League, whether it's over a Liga Max opponent or someone else. But it's going to be tough to try and justify USL, if even our top division, quote unquote, who isn't performing at that level as well. And every time a club folds, that hurts it a little bit as well. And that's why I think in five years would be the first time we could maybe measure that sort of thing. Uh, hopefully in five years, we don't have clubs folding. Um, but uh, I will say some opportunities of seeing this measuring stick. Cause I do agree. I'm glad you said that Alan. It's so important that that's the only way we're going to figure this out. It's all, fun and games until we actually get that measuring stick. I think it'd be super interesting if we get an interleague cup, if we start bringing in other countries, maybe we bring in a Caribbean champion or two or three or four. Uh, Maybe we bring in someone from Panama or Costa Rica to join that tournament as guests. Um, I think that would be so much fun if they'd be willing to do it because I'm in my head, you know, this is what I tweeted this multiple times. I'd love to see what, Tampa Bay Rowdies could do to Portmore United in Jamaica. Who knows who would win that? Is it obvious? I'm not sure it is. Um, but Portmore, I believe, has a possible berth into um, Champions League. So who knows? It'd I'd be, be curious um, what a USL team would do against uh, Forge FC up in Canada. Are they, are they doing well? I don't know. They're, they have a berth in Champions League if they can get past Toronto. That would be awesome to see. It's almost like you need a it's almost like you need a Europa League. Um, yeah, they they have that, that, that second. Uh, they have Concacaf League. It's rumored, but, and so that was the other thing I was yeah. going to say. Perfect segue yeah. is that it is rumored to be like a Nations League. I think is what they're going to call it, or at least what they're dubbing it right now. It's a working title, perhaps. But yeah, like a lower tournament 
for people like USL and and maybe I don't know who else would be in it. Asensio, maybe MX. Or just like lower down Liga MX teams. Because there's like really good quality in some some playoff Liga MX teams that are just not going to ever make the CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, Ryan says it's real. Um, I think that's kind of where USL is going to be able to cut their teeth, if you will. And I think with the kind of the focus on bringing up some of these lower tier teams in, in or lower leagues in CONCACAF, I think that's where they're going to live. And I, I think that's where you start. And then maybe that one of those league, the winner of that tournament, like the Europa League, maybe gets like this league gets a berth into CONCACAF champions as a, or they play each other or whatever. I think, you know, celebrating some of these lower leagues from not just the U.S., but all over the this region, I think is something that's enticing. Yeah. And CONCACAF League is a real tournament that it, it uh, Canada gets one berth into it with their uh, Canadian Premier League winner, Forge FC. Then you have a bunch of teams from Central America, Costa Rica, Honduras, Panama, El Salvador, Guatemala, Nicaragua, Belize. And then from the Caribbean, you have Jamaica, Haiti, and the Dominican Republic, who all get berths into this CONCACAF League with the winner getting a berth into the Champions League. So even That's more it. so, uh, Forge FC has two routes into Champions League. They he, unfortunately, they exited in the quarterfinals of this tournament in 2020, but they also have their Canadian championships to get into CONCACAF Champions League as well. So even if we maybe not even join Champions League, if we join CONCACAF League and played the likes of these teams, I feel like that's an attainable goal that we should at least ask about. Yeah, this is the one that, um, oh, what is his name? Why is his name escaping me right now? He does. He calls games for. Mike Watts. Devin Kerr. Yeah, there you go. God, Mike Watts calls these games. That's what I like. I've. I think I've watched some of these games, and they were very entertaining. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. We need to find something like this to get. I think this is the target for USL. Is some of these leagues, um, and they're. I think it'll be really good competition. What an idiot of me to uh, doubt Ryan <laughs> to say that it doesn't exist, that it's rumored. That is incredible. I don't, we should be in that USL team should be in that next year. I mean, next year, there's no reason for USL team not to be in that tournament. Uh, that's weird. Uh, we're going to tweet that out. I'm going to do some research and talk about that because I didn't even know it existed. I'm flabbergasted right now. I totally spaced. Like I watched that final, like not that long. I think it was a couple couple days ago last week and I watched that final. Like I watched it happen and I was like, Oh, this is fun. This is a thing. There's soccer on at seven o'clock and Mike Watts is calling it. Sure. I'll be there. I'll be there. Gosh. But and I, then I forget about it. it. Cause I'm a, I'm a dumb, dumb. Gosh. I just thought it was something else. I thought it was like a champions league qualifier or something, man. Okay. All right. Well, now we know let's, let's get the word out, everybody. Let's talk about it some more. Cause it's silly that we're not a part of that. Uh, let's talk a little bit quickly about some uh, stadium roundup, we'll just call this. Monterey Bay <laughs> is uh, supposed to be coming back to USL Championship 2022. If you haven't seen the Jordan Gardner um, tweet about how ridiculous this is and that they're probably only getting this because they own a franchise um, right to it, uh, that's a fun one to read. Uh, Jordan Gardner of... Uh, Oh gosh, I'm I'm blanking on the name, but it's like they just made it to the Danish uh, Superliga this year, starting from the third tier. 
of Danish soccer. And he's a part owner of Swansea city as well in American. And he follows the USL. He's, it's an interesting guy. So um, he knows what he's talking about. I enjoyed seeing him say what I was thinking already about the Monterey Bay situation. Uh, Lynn family stadium is up for stadium of the year. If you haven't helped vote for that, you should go do that as well. Rhode Island Stadium got financing officially, so it looks like it's going to work out. In Providence, Rhode Island, it's going to seat 7,500 people. It can be easily converted to 11,000 seats. And it was a baseball stadium for a AAA team, I believe, and still looks a little bit like a baseball stadium, but less so than where the Tampa Bay Rowdies play. Um, It looks good, I think. I don't know if you guys have seen it. So the 3D one, the one if your team isn't doing rendering you're doing it wrong yeah exactly um my favorite san diegans san diegans love renderings because we got plenty of them when the unnamed or was proposing tons of stadiums like people talked about having the rendies for uh awards and but never actually happen like we we lead the nation in those yeah, I, I would love to see that, first of all. But when I see those renderings, like I saw all those renderings in San Diego, and the first thing I thought was, oh, man, San Diego's never getting a stadium. Every time I see too many renderings, I'm like, nope, this is not organized. Everybody's thoughts are everywhere. This is not going to work out. That's, yeah. I'm glad it worked out, <laughs> Alan. <laughs> um, one more. It's my favorite. Des Moines Stadium for their championship team. The proposed rendering is gorgeous. Oh my gosh, it looks beautiful. So I'm excited about that one. I think it's going to get over the line. It seems like they got their stuff together, but uh, COVID had a say and it got a little bit delayed. Uh, any other thoughts on stadiums, guys, before we talk about our big one here? No, I think it leads perfectly into the discussion of, you know, what what are we building and why are we building it? Yep. Bob Williams tweeted, uh, from LinkedIn, actually, he found this. Good for you, Bob, for looking at LinkedIn like this. Justin Papadakis has been promoted to USL Chief Operating Officer. That uh, sounds normal, but also Chief Real Estate Officer. And, uh, you know, he said, curious to know what the latter means exactly. And I think we all know his tone there, and Twitter took his tone a little further. Ryan, you were saying some really uh, good things about this. How, d- how did you feel about it when you started reading up on it? It's interesting that uh, a soccer league would make this uh, just kind of like designation uh, in their leadership. Uh, Chief operating officer is normal kind of par for the course for any corporation. But like a chief real estate one isn't something that you would typically think of within uh, a soccer league. And my thoughts immediately went to uh, the movie, The Founder, uh, that kind of detailed Ray Kroc's uh, kind of building McDonald's. And th- that's exactly what McDonald's does, I believe. They basically, they lease out the land, they buy the land and the infrastructure, they build the infrastructure and then just lease it out to their franchisees who happen to basically operate a fast food restaurant out of that location. And it's starting to get to the point of, you know, within USO, like, are we, are they basically developing stadiums and building stadiums that happens to have a soccer league on the side, or is it truly more about building a soccer league out of this? Because McDonald's makes more money off of their real estate than they do off of selling hamburgers. And if that's kind of where the money is going to be made within USO, if it's going to be the stadiums over the soccer, you then have to start questioning 
thing. Like, where do the decisions kind of lie at that point? Is it going to be something that benefits the soccer or is it going to be what benefits building a stadium? Yeah. And I do think the important thing is that real estate is, is vital to the success of a business for sure. And some of the other things Bob said uh, underneath in the thread is that, um, you know, there's a good chance that this is just like for him to work with prospective and current owners uh, to anchor mixed use stadiums with soccer stadiums and to work with local authorities to secure land, get tax breaks, et cetera. I think he nails it there. And I think that's where like, yes, real estate is vital for businesses to work out and it goes a little bit evil when you're like, and this is just what everybody does, but you know, we're a grassroots show, show, so you know where we stand on this. Once you start bringing in government money and there's also apartments on the the place, if there's, um, what do you call it? Like commercial buildings on the property and it just becomes, well, there is a soccer stadium there, but that was our vehicle to get all this other stuff that's going to make us money. And we didn't even have to pay for half of it or a third of it or a fourth of it. That's where it gets a little bit evil in my book. And we've had a few developers come into the USL and be, it just didn't look good because it was all the other stuff with just a hint of soccer. Are they even going to care about the players? Are they even going to care about the fans? A lot of that, those type um, deals have kind of gone away. Actually, I'm thinking of the one that was up near Oakland um, didn't go through. And it was one of those deals. It just looked ugly to me where it just like revolved around government money. But that's where like, there's a good side to this for sure. But that's to me, the bad side. What do you think, Alan? I mean, I I see both. I, I can see both sides of the argument where, you're essentially, instead of creating value through a franchise, you're creating value through the property that you own that's attached to a franchise, um, which you know might be enticing for someone to invest into a lower league soccer club, where you know it's like I think Ira um, from the League One show was talking about him trying to start up a USL two team about the conversation of it's not so much how much money am I going to make, it's how much money can I keep from losing, <laughs> and so I think right now there's a little bit of that like if i can create a steady stream of of income that could help facilitate the soccer team not losing money that might entice some more people to invest it's like it's like buying a property where you can build a duplex in your backyard and then rent it out to pay your mortgage like i think there's a little bit of that in it as well that might actually be healthier for the club but then i think you're right on the back side of that is you get people who might invest into a team because this is the fastest way for me to get a bunch of real estate, business real estate and restaurants and apartment complexes. Um, and not really care about investing that money into the soccer club. And so the soccer team kind of flounders around and is like, okay. And is competitive enough that like the fans are still there. Cause you don't want to lose a ton of money but you're not investing into the team the way you would have if that's your sole priority. Uh, but if it's a means to allow a team to actually invest in their, in their team, um, like I'm really interested to see what happens out in Phoenix with their new soccer complex, whether they're able to turn some of that into investment into the club. Yeah. Um, so it's just how much faith do you put in an owner? And if we know anything about sports owners, there's some pretty shady folks out there and there's some, there's some really good ones. And so you just have to hope that your owner is one of the really good ones. And if it's not, then that's when you use your supporters group and your community to be like, this is not okay. 
Yeah, I think you nailed it there, Alan. And that's the hard part. And that's what USL is having to go through right now is the league. Like, normally this isn't how it goes. Right now, they're expanding. They're doing expansion teams. So the league is literally choosing their partners right now, as is MLS, I guess, too. But, like, they have to vet these guys. And I think they've seen in the past that even vetting can go wrong look at the fresno situation this guy seemed like a good guy he was coming in he was bringing in the uh usl league two team uh the fuego he was welcoming the supporters and it started beautiful it started awesome it went south so bad and now look at this monterey shit it's not good but he seemed like a good guy at first and i I think it's why we've seen some go away since then like the one i was talking about near oakland um and um it's interesting to see i'm thinking of omaha right now too where i was really disappointed to not see bug eaters get a chance at usl championship and by them giving it to the minor league baseball owners in omaha um you know we lost this really beautiful possibility of of bug eaters in league one and that culture those guys get it right but on the other hand omaha has been a really great team they've been a Union, uh, Omaha. They've been a great team. Their owners are awesome. They're a really quality team on the field. They've really nailed it. And they've been able to put a lot of money into it that perhaps bug eaters couldn't have. Um, so I'd say they're getting better and they're finding out, you know, hopefully the kind of guys that are going to really screw them over in the future. Uh, but it is a tough job that they're having to vet these guys like this. Any other thoughts, Ryan? At least one thing from this development that could potentially be a positive, I think a few people had mentioned it on Twitter as well, was that the fact that we're finding people to purchase land for these new franchises that were basically with the intent that you're coming into the league, playing in a soccer-specific stadium from the get-go, that you build that stadium and your first match will be on a proper soccer pitch, not playing on a converted baseball diamond or in a massive stadium that has a capacity that completely outsuits the level of fans that you might be able to attract into those games. So at least the team going down this route is at least encouraging teams to build more soccer specific stadiums and basically setting forth the precedent of, Hey, going forward, we're not going to accept you playing on a minor league stadium, baseball stadium anymore and kind of fulfilling that uh, 2020 promise of no team will be on a minor league baseball stadium by the time we get to this year. It will be a few years late beyond that, but it's still a uh, kind of an intention of the league. And yeah, that's another problem you address there is that baseball stadiums have been a problem and getting out of the baseball stadiums, I think has been a little bit harder than they expected. Again, maybe that's a little bit of vetting there, uh, which I would say is also very uh, difficult. Um, My favorite thing though, I I think we should end on, on the happier side of this. Um, Alan, you were talking about what Ira was saying is that the positive side to this is a lot of people use real estate to find a project, a passion project. And sometimes it becomes like a nonprofit or it's something that benefits the community. So it's not necessarily all evil that if real estate is the thing that gets us a really awesome USL championship team in a really awesome city. And it becomes something that is like USL open cup or sorry, us open cup uh, legend in the next five, 10, 15 years. Like, thank God that happened. That's awesome. 
we're going to have tens of thousands of fans, perhaps children and grandchildren enjoying these clubs. So um, I'd say if real estate is the thing that gets that over the line, then God, give me that, you know, let's, let's make it happen. Let's do real estate as good as we can to make it happen. So um, that's the benefit of it. I think we better call it here though, Alan. I know you got to get going. Alan, any final thoughts before we go? Um, search out women and uh, people of color who are throwing stuff up on the internet for sports and go and support them. And not just now, but throughout the year, there's some really good stuff out there. So I'll just say uh, search out some folks who might have a different perspective from you uh, regarding sports and follow them and engage and challenge yourself. Ryan, any other thoughts from you? Completely agree with Alan. Yeah, me too. Uh, thanks, Alan, for bringing that up before we go. Um, I think just to say right before we go, and in regards to that, I think New Mexico, if they get their stadium, which is rumored, they're talking about a women's team already. So uh, good culture there. That'll be really nice to see. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is Phil, Ryan, and Alan saying thanks for listening as well. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. 